Welcome to Source Not Found, a show about the worst versions of your favorite things. Every other week, we explore an IP, franchise, or fandom by way of its sequels, spinoffs, and side projects. Basically anything but the source material. I'm Brandon June. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm Bra Dong Poon. Uh, I went to the Leisure Suit Larry School of Wordplay, and those are the kinds of jokes I make now. And I'm Bo Woodall. And was your father an astronaut? Because I could see yourself, myself in your pants. Wait, no. I hang on. Was your father an astronaut? You already because, have me. You had me at astronaut. If I could see myself in your pants. Was your father a glassmaker? Because your ass is out of this world. It's one you know, of. It's if you want to take it again, or you could just buy me a drink. It's one of those. It's one of those. <laughs> it's one of those. Right. Your ass is out of this world. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm almost <laughs> podcasting over here. <laughs> I'm almost podcasting over here. Jesus. We're covering this week Leisure Suit Larry, Wet Dreams Don't Dry. Mm-hmm. Leisure Suit Larry, Wet Dreams Don't Die is the, if I'm not mistaken, 11th, maybe 13th. Sure. It's in the teens. I didn't count. Entry. Into the Leisure Suit Larry franchise. It's a long-running series, yeah. was on hiatus for a while, but uh, came back with this, this gem here. I mean, it actually, it goes back to last year, I suddenly took a deep dive into Sierra Online, like the history of the company, and I read Ken Williams' uh, biography, his autobiography, I guess. Ken and Roberta Williams being like the sort of two figureheads of that company. Put out like King's Quest and uh, Leisure Suit Larry and... Um, Bunch of other games like like SWAT, Police Quest, and uh, big presence on like the Apple II. Sure, yeah. But a uh, big part of the industry, and uh, this game started with actually not Leisure Suit Larry, but Soft Porn in, I think it was 1981, which was a text adventure that a programmer brought to Ken Williams. I would have checked that his attention. out. Yeah. Yeah, so he was all into it. And um, at the time, it was sort of, I mean, the thing is, like, as much as this game still surprised me with how porny it got now in 2024. You know, you got to imagine like these kinds of jokes in the early eighties, like actually having like playing a game on your computer. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing so many dirty words. So I'm sure it made, you know, a big impression. Anyway, they Sierra decided to invest in that and publish it. And, um, that eventually became leisure suit Larry, but like that kind of helped put them on the map. Like they had this ad campaign. He had like, Three women working at Sierra, one of whom was his wife, like take off their tops and, and pose in a hot tub for like the ad campaign. Yikes. Like, yeah. And his biography, he actually talks about how the game that people bring up the most when they want to wax nostalgic about Sierra, when they come up to Ken Williams and they recognize him, is Leisure Suit Larry. I mean, it, it's a big name. The reason we chose this was because it's it's February, which is love month, and we wanted to do mm. kind of a dating sim sort of thing i i streamed this for a while until i realized i didn't want to stream it anymore um i know we've talked about uh, like my playthroughs of the games we cover being on the youtube don't look for this one it won't be up it got too weird <laughs> got way too weird <laughs> uh, yes it 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 got it got real weird honestly pretty quick 
Yeah, yeah, in a matter of a couple of streams. So I, I found myself constantly, like, it was very difficult. I was trying to strike a balance, like, playing it and just feeling like I constantly had to explain myself. Like, it, it, no, it, it's for a podcast. Or, no, I have, like, a, an historical interest in, like, the series. I, I don't co-sign a lot of this humor, though. Stuff like that. And it just, like, it got tedious and weird. And But anyway, as I was doing that, I was trying to remember, like, why did we choose this again? And I guess it was just, like, I think it really is for historical purposes, right? It's a yeah. well-known name. It has a Leisure Suit Larry is to the, it. Is the first dating sim. I am reluctant to even call it a dating sim because yeah, that's fair. That aspect of it is sort of absent. It is to me just like a naughty point-and-click adventure. It is. It is the first, for me at least, it is the first video game that I can recall that has romance in it. And I don't mean romance as in like you know roses, candlelight chivalry but romance is in like fucking yeah i mean again to go back to like this i guess the the first leisure suit larry was basically a reimagining almost like a remake of soft porn turning it from a text adventure into a a, like a visual point and click one but yeah i mean it is a soft porn game yeah that's basically what we're uh, looking at this game yeah and there was a time where that would have been sort of a novel concept, I guess, when, you know, we didn't have the ubiquity of a pornography on the Internet or anything like these days. You, like, it's hard to imagine someone looking for that in a game. Well, I mean, fuck, we'll get into it as we talk about well, this fuck, game. Look but. at look at Baldur's Gate three, where your character actually can make romantic choices and have romantic interludes with characters that they decide to romance over the course of one hundred and fifty hours of gameplay. And. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a little bit of nudity, but it's never, um, I would say, vulgar. I honestly don't know if we would have those sort of interludes without things like Leisure Suit Larry. And that, I, that's a hard thing to say <laughs> as a human being. So basically, you, like, you have to go through the low brow to get I, to the I high I really brow, think right? that is the case, yes. Your brow has to be lowered at some point yeah. to have somewhere to, to raise it to. It's an interesting idea. Um all that to say, like, this game is vulgar. This game is not historical. And the more I think about it, oh, we should have maybe picked, like, <laughs> I know we're not doing source material, but at least one that was, like, I don't know, from the 80s. I don't know, better, man. To like, I, justify what we were doing here today. This, I, anyway. I genuinely think you and I are going to have very different opinions about this game. Because I do think it is very historical. Yeah? Okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um... You know, but you brought up a point. You're talking about romancing games. I mean, we're talking about romancing games, right? And this sort of being an originator. I mean, yeah, I mean, sophomore in 81, whether or not, like, you're focusing on the vulgar aspect of it, not a time where there were a lot of narrative games in general, and then to have, you know, the sexual or romantic aspect to it. Um, but thinking about that, as a gamer, we're both gamers, longtime gamers, right? I would like to think so. Do you have any... Do you have any sort of memorable romances in games that you have experienced like as a player, whether like it was a romance option, like say in like a Mass Effect? So it's very funny that you bring up Mass Effect first, which makes me feel like, you know, exactly what I'm going to say. Oh, shit. You absolute mad lad. Miranda Lawson, dude, it's Yvonne Strahovski. It's even facially modeled after Yvonne Strahovski. How can I say no to Miranda Lawson, also known as Yvonne Strahovski? Mm. That that was probably my biggest crush for the longest time. Okay. Because 
for anyone who is unaware, the TV show Chuck is one of my TV is probably my favorite TV show of all time. And Yvonne Strahovski is the co-star of that show and is the primary love interest. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So I already had feelings for her. Yeah. And then seeing... Independent of characterization in the game. And independent yeah. of characterization <laughs> of the game. And then she shows up as Miranda Law, uh, game set match. But my first video game crush was Tifa. Tifa? Yeah. Interesting. Tifa, I, I don't know, man. Like, So you didn't cry over uh, Aerith to the extent that I did, I guess, huh? Aerith is fine. But there's something about Tifa's, like, best friend forever, girl next door, I will always be there for you sort of thing. Mm. That is... Romantic flashbacks on a water tower in uh, yeah. Nibelheim. It is really hard to say no to that, you know? It is. Also, uh... That just got me. I mean, she kicks so much ass. She kicks so much ass. Oh my god. But that also helps. Yeah. I mean, I've played through that game multiple times, but she has been in, the, in my party for a good number of those playthroughs, just because I like her as a character. That's the thing, is like, no matter how you look at it, Tifa whips ass, always. All right, yeah. Th- those, those are my two, I would say, uh, video game-wise, excluding recent video games. Mm-hmm. Because looking at, like, the Spider-Man series with MJ and, and Felicia Hardy, Black Cat, looking at Baldur's Gate 3, good God. Mm-hmm. You know, we could talk about that all day. Um, but just going back to video games that impacted me very, very strongly, I will include a third one. And then I, I swear to God, I'll be done. And I want to hear yours. Ada Wong? Okay, yeah. I don't know, man. And uh, now, actually, my first, so as you said that name, I went to Resident Evil 4, and I thought, okay, I can see that. Forgetting, and then suddenly remembering, like, not so much in 4, but in 2. Yeah. I definitely had that going on, right? Yeah. 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 Especially since she's, like, such a, like, a friendly face in that game. So, like, mysterious, but, like, a comrade. And, like, in that police station, right, there's, like, you're not... Equipped like you are in four, so like that friendly presence is all the more impactful. Yeah, agreed. And memorable. 100% agreed. And just, you know, the the sort of romance between her and Leon, and then like the way it ends up with her just, well, spoiler alert for RE2. Yeah, yeah. um, But like dropping off into oblivion. I I found characters that I very much attached myself to. Like I wanted Leon Kennedy's hair. I wanted his hair (laughs) so bad. So I attached myself to him as a person. And so Ada was also attached to me as a person. Sure. Um, Yeah. So yeah, Ada Wong, Tifa, and Miranda. Those are the ones I I think those are probably my top three crushes in video games. Okay. Yeah. I got to know what you got rocking, man. Uh, Well, you know, I wasn't going to bring up FF7, but now that you've said it, I mean, that's up there, and I guess it, it kind of was both of them, to be honest. We, it's funny, because... Um, oh, you're talking, you're talking Tifa and Aerith? Well, so I guess I kind of alluded to before, like, Aerith really captured my heart from the first time I saw her in the streets yep. selling flowers. 
Um, but really, you know, it's one of those impossible choices. Thankfully, not thankfully, sadly, heartbreakingly, the, the game chooses for you. Hard. Not More spoilers. Hard. It chooses so Harris hard. doesn't make it. It's a 30-year-old video game. I think spoilers are allowed at this point. Well, the thing is, yeah, usually, and it's also like the, one of the most notorious sort of plot events in gaming history, but then it's like, I sometimes forget like, oh, but there are generations of gamers now who didn't grow up with that game making the, the impact that it did, and it's newly, I mean, we're here now with Rebirth. But they did say anything can happen. Anything can happen in these games, supposedly. And we, we could we could do a podcast about talking just that game. Um, yeah, so we could. We, <laughs> yeah, get <laughs> too far down that uh, that tangent. That's a rabbit hole. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, that is a memorable memorable one, but um, not that game. Another role playing game that uh, hit me a little harder a little earlier was Chrono Trigger. God damn it! And I knew man, it. I, had, I knew it. I had such a crush on Luca, man. Like you don't, Chrono is a silent protagonist. There's like maybe the, well, no, I mean, you do get romance in like in the ending. Yeah. Uh, more spoilers. There are cutscenes in the, in like the PlayStation version, right? That further, uh, illustrate who Chrono ends up with. But, um, my heart was captured immediately by Luca. Just the, uh, the neighbor, the childhood friend with the big, I mean, it's all Akira Toriyama art in that game of Dragon Ball fame. So he's very good at drawing very cute characters. She was a cute one. Big glasses, like sort of steampunk uh, inspired tech on her like helmet is making a robot. Just a fucking cool character. Great in battle. Yeah. I was, you know, you were sold me. game over. I was sold. She was in the party whenever possible. One thing we can definitely say for sure. Uh, none of the, None of the romance options in Leisure Suit Larry came anywhere close. Oh, I will have to respectfully disagree with you, but we'll talk about okay. that. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm really excited now. Um, well, I mean, we, we need to say, like, as per usual, we're going with our normal five category scoring system of narrative, structure, gameplay, visual, sound, and fun factor. Because we're looking at a yeah. video game here, even though it doesn't exactly feel completely like a video game the entire time. Well, I guess let's maybe do that, right? So what it is, for those who don't know, I mean, we sort of talked about it a little bit by way of history. This series is point-and-click adventures. Um, maybe a lot of you are familiar with those, but it's basically guiding a protagonist around usually sort of fairly static environments. Yeah, you, you have diorama-esque environments mm -hmm. and you usually have some task and you're just sort of like hunting for various objects in the background and the foreground just like random ass things a screwdriver um, in this game of much dirtier fare right like just a used condom something all lubed up you know just a cheese a cheese smelling dildo fuck me the cheesy dildo inside the condom that you then lure the rat into and then you're carrying around a fucking rat trap condom that is the most disgusting game i've ever or a disgusting <laughs> item i've ever held in a game it was fucking obscene god that's so fucking heinous <laughs> cheesy dildo with a rat in a condom <laughs> i fucking loved every second of it man 
God, that was fucking gross. And also, it didn't help. I didn't know what to do with that one for a long time. I was holding on to that bad boy for a good while. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> just hours looking at it, just dripping in the inventory. Um, but just shit like that. And there are any number of random ass puzzles that you are sort of trying to deduce the solution to. And it's usually a roundabout way of solving it based on all the items in your inventory. So you're pulling things out. You're trying it over here, seeing what gets you onto the next diorama screen. Not to mention a repeat. very, um, in this case at least, a pretty active amount of characters requesting quests mm-hmm. from you, telling you what they need and how they need it done and when they need it done and in what manner there they are a need lot it of done. Quests. Like it is, yeah. it is for what we're looking at, both. Uh, I don't know how much you spent on the game, but I spent a lovely $3.99 on it. Oh, I waited till it was 90% off. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It is criminal that they're charging $40 for this game. Yeah. But for $3.99, with the amount of work and gameplay and story that was put into it, I mean, with the amount of quests alone, it was pretty impressive. I Well, I guess... We'll talk about it in gameplay. There were a lot of quests, though, but just as a genre, I guess, real quick, like, is this a is this a genre that you enjoy? Have you played many of these in the past? Honestly, this may be my second point and click I've ever played, and I played okay. it on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, I'm really curious to hear about that. I did not play it via PC, which I wish I would have, because I feel like I would have been able to play it faster and more intelligently than I did on the Switch. You are still pointing and clicking, just you are moving the cursor by way of the... The joystick. Are you moving Larry? No, well, yes. Larry with the the left uh, joystick and the cursor with the right joystick. You're moving him around in real time? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But there's no reason to. Yeah, because you are still just trying to get to things in the environment, right? So yeah, it okay. it was basically just making it feel more like uh more like an action point and click. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, the entire time I could have just pointed and clicked everything by myself without moving Larry at all. But instead, I I kind of liked moving him around. Okay. See, as a kid, I grew up playing King's Quest. I had a neighbor with the King's Quest games. I didn't have any myself, but man, I loved going over to their house. And uh, playing through those games and just like falling into that, those worlds. Talking about Sierra, right? That's a Roberta Williams series. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I have no experience at all. It's funny because like we, we didn't really talk about this game yet, like off mic here. But you did. I do know at least that you spent less time on it than I did. Um, and you're just way smarter than me. You would think I would be better having that experience because I played those. I really love Grim Fandango. But uh yeah, I'm not good, man. I don't have a big enough brain for this shit. <laughs> I loved. <laughs> it was well, hard. <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah. So anyway, I'm just curious about that. All right. So let's jump right into it. Yeah. Uh, Leisure Suit Larry, What Dreams Don't Dry. This game is basically a reinvention of Leisure Suit Larry. He is coming to the future from the 80s. It's been like what I really think it's been like 16 years since a Leisure Suit Larry release at this point or something like I that. I want to say like the late aughts was the last one. Yeah, it's it's been a good while yet. Um, but this was intended to be a new jumping off point for the entire series. And I uh, 
We'll, we'll see if that's worthy of the the phrase, you know. But uh, narrative structure. Let's talk about it a little bit. Um, All right. Let, let's start with the score. We start with our scores. I think I think we should. I'm gonna let you go first. Okay. I gave it a five. Yikes, bikes! I gave it. An, I gave it an eight. Wow. All right. I guess I'll just. I'll I'll start off. Yeah, please. All right. So, when rating games, I'm sort of torn between trying to be more objective, and then also remembering like there is no objectivity in evaluating an artistic work. Like we are ourselves, and we're bringing in sure all of ourselves into a, a work. Right. You try and do the best you can. So when I was thinking about how much I enjoyed the narrative, it was more like a, a three or a four. I truly hated it. <laughs> this just subjective, like my experience with this world and these characters and this quote unquote story. But for someone who is coming to this game for whatever reason people come to this game for, which is, I guess, to like have some narrative thread to pull them through a bunch of like sensual increasingly soft porny and then like very vulgar it, it gets like more vulgar as it goes experiences and like having like a narrative through line like they like their sexuality tied to they're like they, they're not wanting straight porn they don't just want straight fucking they want characterization and they want like some emotional stakes within that and i guess for that player it passes it, it does that well so then it's more like okay maybe we're talking about like a seven or like an eight. So I just like, all right, let's, let's plan it straight in the middle. I didn't like it, but I can visualize, I can imagine the people who did and it would work for them. So it's a passing score for them. But like for me, just to sort of average those two together, it fails. Huh? So I didn't look at it based on how I would look at it. If I were, I don't, I don't know if you were intending it to sound like this, but like, how I perceived it as me being in the game or as, as I was perceiving it as the game, I was looking at it from Larry Laffer's perspective. Like I was trying to look at it as if it were a story from his perspective. Okay. Well then it's more like a 10, right? Cause he's, uh, he's having a, a great old time. He's really not. You don't think? I mean, I, considering that he is just an insufferable personality, he, he still is, managed, he manages is, to get laid. He does not. He doesn't have sex. He gets laid. No, he doesn't. He does not have sex an entire, a, a single time the entire story. Well, okay, maybe not the sex he's intending. He does get a unicorn he, rod, he gets a unicorn horn he, up his asshole. He does, like he does, get, he does get pegged. <laughs> he gets the screw, the screwnicorn, which I do have written. He gets the screwnicorn. I do have written down... Uh, Nari for life because she tried so hard. That sweet, sweet girl. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, man. The entire concept of a man taken out of his time, a, a womanizing, assumedly douchebag taken out of his time, tossed into our world, and then just decides that he's found the woman of his dreams and wants to wants to make sure that he is worthy of her like the weirdest yeah. hero's journey ever and with all of that being said and with all of the the horrible horrible fucking jokes 
there's a couple of really, really like kind of poignant moments. I'm listening. Like he <laughs> like like he helps two gay men find like find their love yeah. and get married. And he makes sure that right. that is something that happens. Um, mm-hmm. He even introduces two gay women together and they ride off into the sunset. Like mm-hmm. the, it's for what it is supposed to be this weird chauvinistic, misogynistic, soft porn video game bullshit. It is so right. lovingly open minded when it comes to sexuality. And and gender nonconformity. Mm-hmm. Like you also meet a lovely drag queen. Yeah, who officiates the wedding. Who right? officiates the wedding. Like, I, I I don't know, man. It's it's very hard for me to to not be incredibly pleased with them taking what it could be and making it better than that. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Like I do. Can you imagine if they would have had Larry Laffer pegged in the eighties? Like I I cannot imagine a video game made for men allowing their male main character to be pegged. Like that that just seems wild to me. And it and it makes me say, okay, these guys are the people who made this game obviously are very conscious of what they're doing. I guess you, you bring that up and I'm trying to think like, I haven't played through those games. I've kind of looked at some playthroughs of like a little bit of like soft porn and some of the leisure suit, like the early leisure suit games, but not anything in depth, but I know like, I think it's in soft porn. You're trying to have sex and like you're required to use protection. There's something you can do where like, if you go to the prostitute and do something wrong, she bites your penis off. All that to say, like, it's a little different than the scene you're talking about. Oh, God. I, a I lot of it was like, know that. if it's a if it's dirty material, if it's somehow sexual in nature, then sure, because it's just fun to be naughty on a computer. Right. I think a lot of the early stuff is that right. Like, just like it's all fair game. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't experience. But it does seem that vibe where like, oh, we're just we're in here getting dirty with it. And isn't that fun like the the first thing right that's what we tend to do as humans like oh we have a new technology what's the first thing we're gonna do is get we're gonna get naked yeah figure out a way to to get some porn on it or the equivalent right so my my other thing that i had for the narrative is characterization okay every single character has an individual motivation and they are all pretty specific and well drawn. And they don't have even even NPCs. And they don't have to be. And I thought that was very, very interesting and well done. For a game that is only supposed to be, you know, a a 10 to 20 hour experience. You have right. you have a cast of probably 40 characters, 20 of which you interact with pretty regularly. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I guess, even though my experience is limited, I've played some of these, the genre, right? And that is sort of almost a requirement because, like, that's the whole deal with these games. Like, you are spending a lot of time in one room just looking at stuff and thinking. And you really, 
need as like a developer of the game to create an enticing world for the player to be in like you need dynamic or memorable or interesting characters to populate these places otherwise like what's holding the player's attention right because you're going to be in these areas going from back and forth between these screens for a long time the thing is were there any that you enjoyed well i guess my problem with this game you brought up Larry is being a character out of time, right? And what I kept thinking is like, this is just Austin Powers, right? It's doing the exact same thing. Yeah. In a worse way. It's it's the same sort of character where like, oh, the, the sort of uh, chauvinistic objectification of women that was commonplace and it was just a different time and they got away with it. And now they're pulled into the, the modern age and they're not going to get away with it. And so it's like, a narrative set up to sort of make your protagonist the butt of the joke. Like he, you're constantly like signal, like he is a chauvinist. The world has moved on and they're trying to make him lovable enough to, I guess, have those poignant moments you're talking about. Right. Cause like he's open to these characters and he supports them along the way. But then it's like, you still go into dialogue trees and your only options a lot of time is to make like really, yeah, just like bottom of the barrel objectifying one-liners to these women it's your only option a lot of times to progress so he is what he is and also he's just so fucking insufferable like he does grow a little bit i guess and show some open-mindedness but also like the just the smug sort of shit-eating little nasally laugh that he does when he introduces himself the just his whole deal Hi, I'm i Larry despised Laffer. him as a character fuck me it's not like the austin power situation where there's other dimensions to the character where it's like oh it's a parody of the genre of the secret agent genre and there's like so many other things going on in addition to that here it's like no like the sexuality the the quest to get laid like you have these peripheral sub quests subplots along the way but that is the the bulk of it you're trying to get enough points on timber grown to you know get faith's attention and the thing is everyone you just brought up it's like yeah it's it is open-minded but it's still the same tired gags. It's the same shtick. And it's like, if you make it gay instead of, like, if you make it homosexual instead of heterosexual, to me, it's, it's not any more clever just for making the switch. And so it's the same sort of stock characters, you know? And I didn't get anything out of that. And a lot of the gags are like, okay, you're meeting Lance, and you know he's gay from the get-go because he's making all these. Well, his name is Lance Straitman. Yeah, but I mean, just like you give him a corn dog and he like slides it all the way down his gullet. He's like, oh, there's nothing like it. And this is before he comes out properly. And it's just like a lot of this. And it's like, I've seen this so many times where it's like, and he's the the jock character, right? It's like right. the jock character that is signaling that he's actually gay and he's not willing to to come out. And that's the joke. But I think that's, I think that's part of like the, uh, I don't want to say the charm of it because there's not a lot of charm in this game. But maybe some of the novelty, like, is you expecting to have a very strong grasp on what a cliche is? Because if you don't have a grasp on what the cliche is, a lot of these puzzles aren't going to make sense. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I think, like, you know, we can we can talk back and forth about how uh, how wrote and how you know, kind of used these tropes are. And I do agree that they are 
um, overused and overdone. But if we aren't aware of them, we can't solve the puzzles. Like my, my favorite example is in the epilogue, actually. Like okay. you grab a US, the USB cord. That's a very good joke. Yeah, you have a USB cord, you find a USB port, and you try to plug it in, and it doesn't work. And you're like, well, shit, I obviously have to find an adapter or something. And so you go through the entire boat looking for something, you don't find it. Come to find out, if you try it three times because of the joke of the the USB superimposed uh, positioning. Right, you never plug in that thing correctly the first time right or, or the, the second, second. it's always the third time you always plug it in correctly the third time and yeah. that's what you have to do you have to try to plug it in three times in a row and then it plugs in correctly and so like yes these are these are jokes and tropes that are so widely known that the game has to embrace some of the other cliches to make them function I, I think it's it's hard for me to like it would be hard for me to like look at a game like this and not have some of these bullshit tropes and then say, OK, but you're also expected to take a cheese smelling dildo, put it in a condom and then put a used uh, toilet po- like toilet paper wrapper for an entrance to make a mouse trap like d- damn. Like I, I had to make an improvised plunger out of a cucumber and a suction head. There, there's a bunch there that I don't think would necessarily function as well if the tropes weren't as prevalent. Okay, there are there is a lot of fun puzzle design, and that's going to impact more my gameplay score than narrative. Um, and I. I actually, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to bring up the USB puzzle solution so at some good. point in our conversation. So today. good. That's a good one. I wanted more of that. And I would disagree that I don't think that USB solution is, it's like workability or impactfulness is contingent upon having these other tropes. I, I think it could work otherwise. Like you can make, that's a standalone fun puzzle design and sort of gag. My issue, again, is like, I, it's just so tired, man. Like you go up to the Native American character. Smoke, and smoky bear name and well see that's the thing your only way to like ask about his name is to just like have adjective plus animal like you have to choose one of those and then you any of them you choose he's like you realize how racist that is right and larry's like sorry and he's like and my name is smoky bear and i find the game does that a lot where it's like we're sort of like winking at the camera like isn't this racist isn't this misogynistic we're not making the joke Larry is right and he's wrong and a lot of times to me that's a very thin veil and sometimes like I think you just want to make the joke I think that's all you have in your repertoire that's the only kind of humor that you can summon up and so you have this sort of explanation you have this protagonist this focal point right that's sort of like is the source of that to make those jokes and like having him do it you're not subverting the humor. You're not doing anything original with it. You're not really commenting on it because that's been done so many times by this point. It's fucking, well, it was 2024. It was 2018 when this game came out. Like this shit has been done many times mm-hmm. much better to sort of like take the character out of time and make them the butt of the joke. Again, Austin Powers did it in the mid nineties. And I would, I watched that movie, you know, fairly recently. 
And I still laughed at things in that movie because there are other gags. There are fun visual gags. There are fun plays on the genre outside of just Austin Powers being the man out of time that work very well. I didn't think there was much of that going on here. I really didn't find much to grab my attention to like the motivation for the game. I didn't care about faith. I didn't care about getting enough timber points to, yeah, no, to that reach was, her. That was a struggle. I did like some of the peripheral women that you meet along the way that you date. I guess I'm focusing on them because I'm a straight man. You know, I wasn't like when I was going out with Dick, as I'm focalizing through Larry, oh, I wasn't. Are, are you talking about Richard Ryder? Yeah, Dick Ryder, right? Yeah. That's okay. That's the other thing. It's like some of them, occasionally they're fine. It's just a lot of this stuff is the laziest shit imaginable. I mean, and that's also I, part of the narrative score. I think that's part of it is like every name, there is not a single name that is not a lazy joke. Like, I live in Japan, it's earthquake prone over here, and I feel like I was setting off my own tremors, just rolling my fucking eyes at farce book and Instacrap. It's just so fucking, okay, this is the thing about this, I don't know who it's for, I think it's going to come up again and again, it's like, who is this game for, because you're trying to make it progressive enough, and open-minded enough, and distancing itself from what it is, to appeal to a new demographic, but then it's still beholden to being a Leisure Suit Larry game, which has its own demographic, which is that is kind of at odds with all of that. Yep. And what someone, I mean, what a lot of people would maybe go to that game for, I don't want to like sort of mass project or assume a lot on that audience, right? I don't want to assume worse intentions. So maybe not, you know? But what that character represents is that chauvinism, right? Whether or not gamers really want that out of it, can't say. So you've constantly got that. So there's like a lot of boomer humors, like, oh, these millennials with their avocado toast, right? You go into the coffee shop and it's just like 10 minutes of like hipster jokes. And like, what is this? Like 2007? Yeah. It's 2018 and we're like making hipster coffee shop jokes. Who is this made for? Yeah, exactly. It's that, but then it like will turn it and like kind of make boomer jokes. But in the midst of all that, again, it's just like your Instagram stand in is Insta crap. The Facebook stand-in is farce book. You get a copy of the Ball Street Journal. And, like, some of them are fun. I will say the one I like, I think the more outland outlandish they got... The better they were. Like, at yeah. least there's something. There's a, a queen stand-in called Queef. But at some point, a, a fan of Queef tells you that his famous track from them is Boob Hymian Rap Turdy. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very good. That one made me laugh because it's just, like, such a stretch. It's so bad that it actually you know, ascends to a tier of making, like getting a response out of me other than just being like, let's like replace one letter in this to make it dirty or not even dirty, just like different. If they would have called it boob bohemian Rhapsody, nobody would No, that that's, that's bad. And a lot of them are that level, but yeah, this one ascended. Anyway, I think we just differ. I didn't get much out of this game. I really didn't. I, I don't know. I, I liked, I, I did not like Larry. But I liked following all of the secondary characters and that uh -huh. that gave it a pretty high score for me because Larry, Larry to me is not the protagonist as much as it makes him out to be. OK. Every other character is. Mm -hmm. He is he is Falstaff. He is just this ridiculous jester character that. There's no real need for, but he exists as a, as a way to further the story for everyone else. I mean, that's a solid point, and I can see that take on it. And I guess if that is the case, and I'm 
open to like looking at it that way. Again, it's like that makes it even more important that every peripheral character doesn't lapse into a cliche or, you know what I mean? A familiar narrative arc. Yeah. I think, I think that's why certain characters meant more. Like I liked, I liked Aaron, the, uh, what the, the stripper English major. She just wants to read on stage. That's all while doing like a strip tease. Right? Yeah. She wants to perform poetry while she strips, uh, the, the Dick and Lance, Marriage, I thought, was was kind of cute, despite the fact that their names are bad. And Lance is very cliche. But like, yeah, you know, some I don't know for what I expected. I did not expect the level of care of characterization to go into it. So I was I was pleas- I definitely agree with that. I was pleasantly surprised, which is why I gave it a higher score. I was uh, surprised. Yeah. That's not to say I wasn't pleased by their choices. I don't have a problem with their choices. But again, I just wasn't into the game. But I was surprised by that. I will say that. It it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. And that was that was something. What about gameplay? Gameplay, I give a 7. I gave an 8. It passes. Okay. So we're about the same. Um, We've kind of like talked about it a little bit so far. Just to judge it as a point and click game, um, it checks all the boxes. You know, I had one problem and one problem yeah. alone with gameplay. And that was okay. on, on the switch. The cursor moves awful slow. I I would never want to play it that way. You you can point and click because, you know, the, the switch has a, a touch sensitive screen. So you can yeah. point and click still, but it feel it looks weird. It feels weird to do it that way. So I just did it with the joysticks. That cursor moves real slow. And that's that's the only gameplay complaint that I think I had. I'm trying to think, I didn't have any like technical issues. Like every once in a while, I would enter a room and I couldn't interact with anything, and I couldn't move Larry. Like anytime I anywhere I would click, wouldn't get him. The only thing I could do would be like to exit. The door would still be active. Right. That happened like two or three times. It wasn't a big deal. And that, that like I'm trying to think more in terms of like intended design choices. I guess for me, like, I was thinking about this. I've been playing this game, and at the same time I was playing Leisure Suit Larry, I've been playing through the original Deus Ex, an immersive sim. And I was just thinking about how that might be, as a genre, as a design choice, the immersive sim might be the greatest heights to which a game can ascend because it so factors in player choice, which is the fundamental component that really sets games apart as a medium, right? Sure. That can give you an experience that you cannot get through another medium because you are an active contributor to this. And some games, like, you're always an active contributor. You are guiding whatever the action is in the game. But some really, like, take that and expand upon it where you are given so many choices and ways to approach a situation. And there are multiple ways to solve a problem. Are you going to sneak around the back? Are you going to persuade your way in? Are you going to go in guns blazing? And I guess just playing through this game and constantly like looking at things and not knowing the game what the game solution is not understanding how the game wants me to solve it cuz it is a puzzle right but looking at it and seeing a different way that I could solve it mhm given the items in my inventory like well I could do it this way you're just not letting me do this yeah. way, do it this way and it's like that's the genre I get it and I just I'm I was thinking like there was a time in games where like 
this made sense. Like this was a new development in a style of game. And it's the same thing with like the way a lot of early role-playing games are made, right? Like given the technology at the time, given the space limitations, whatever, this was what made sense. A lot of random encounters and like a, a role-playing game and like grinding to pad out a journey made sense. It's not necessary anymore. Is there a more unique or interesting way to create a sense of adventure and challenge for a player? So like, I get it that like, I'm aware that maybe I'm wanting it to be something that it's not intending to be. That's not the genre, but I'm also thinking of ways like, is it about time that point and click adventures, like without sacrificing what they are, which is ultimately like a puzzle to be solved, a visual puzzle. Is there a way to maybe account for that and have multiple solutions, all of which are, you know, take brain power, like mental acuity to come upon, right? You still got to put stuff together, but to account for other ways to approach a, a situation. Like it, it would mean a lot more on the part of the designers to account for that, right? Like, oh, now you're looking at multiple ways that items can be combined and you would have to like find a way to make sure that a player is not like soft locking them themselves out of like if they combine this thing and then don't go all the way. Yeah. And try to like go at it from a different, it's a lot more to think about, but I wanted that. I, I wanted something more other than to just like be banging my head against the wall because I didn't know to fucking get the rat inside the condom. So I have, I have two things. One, I'm lowering my score to a seven because I forgot about something. Um, okay. Because I forgot how frustrating it was to control some of the menus. Oh, okay. On the switch, you could get to your menus with one button. You could also get to individual menus with the D-pad. And so I was constantly going back and forth trying to figure out which button was the right fucking one. Okay. Going yeah. from like your unter menu to your inventory to it it was just it was not well planned out. And the other thing was exactly what you just said. I have two thoughts on that. One, I yeah. wish there were multiple ways to solve puzzles. Mhm. Two, I don't know how they could do it with a game like this with a relatively small studio, a relatively small budget and a 10 to 20 hour gameplay, how they could actually be like, okay, you have a, well, I mean, they, they kind of figure out a way around it where once you get thrown on the, the boat, you lose your inventory except for your Pi phone, which I thought was refreshing. I needed that. Totally agree. I wanted everything gone. Now I don't have to worry about that shit anymore. I found those moments, and in general in a game like this, I find them so relieving because it's like, I'm in a contained space. Everything I need is here. Yes. Whereas like previously in the game, like, oh, the reason I can't figure out what to do here is because I didn't see the wad of gum under the counter in the bar across town in the first area of the game. And everything is contingent upon or that. I didn't think to use the fucking coin to unscrew the thing on the back of the slot machine to stick the rat in it to chew on the fucking cord. That kind of stuff. It's like there's so many moving parts. There's so many. Like you mentioned there are a lot of quests. So many quests in this game. You don't know what item is for what. You're just like, and a lot of times what you think it's going to be like, oh, I knew I knew that smoothie was related to the. uh the protein shake to get me in the gym and come to find out it has nothing to do with that. No, it does not. And you don't even need to bribe him to get in there. You're just going to get a gym card at some point. Yeah. Like you just never know where it's going to go. And I like that. 
But again, it's like that sort of reinforces what I'm saying. Like, oh, if you're going to give me so many moving parts and so many random ass items, and a lot of it is like, I would just miss stuff. Like there was that one. There was the, when you're looking for BJ's key card to get to his access level for like prune. And he lost it at the coffee shop. And oh, you have, you have to look in five different places. Well, see, that's the thing. I was looking. It's like I looked under the mat. It wasn't there. I looked in the tip jar. And just I was scouring that place for so long. And I just didn't realize there was a gap between the floorboards. And it's so easy to not like drag your curse over that. Even when you know, like, Wait, you got to look for did, a small thing. Did you not have a button? Did you not have a button to press that highlights where things are? Wait, what? So if you hit. L1 maybe on on the switch it highlights anything you can interact with in the room you're fucking kidding me it's it's available on PC too I know that oh I didn't know that I didn't know that was a thing yeah so it highlights the people you can talk to the exits you can take and any items you can interact with that was half my problem was like not realizing there was another item in this room as soon as I walked into a new location I immediately hit that button I'm just playing this game on hard mode for no reason. Yeah, dude, you were playing it on See, expert. To me, I just figured, like, because that was always part of the challenge. Like, it's sort of, you know, gets derogatorily referred to as, like, pixel hunting in a lot of those old games. Like, you just got to keep at it for a while. Like, go in, just, like, drag your cursor across every pixel, every square inch to just see if you missed anything. Because a lot of times, stuff does not jump out at you. Well, fuck me. So I, I, I've heard about pixel hunting and, and this one I did not feel was like the pixel hunting thing. Like there were some because well, you were <laughs> you found the button. Well, not not just that, but I mean, like also there were there were dialogue specific options that you may you had to make sure you clicked on. There were uh, item combinations that you had to make sure you did correctly. Like if you didn't ask the purveyors of hipster coffee everything you needed to about old girl's drummer who was gone, Mm -hmm. you couldn't go to the bartender and get the right answer. Like you have to make sure you do the right thing in the right order. Otherwise you're entirely boned. So it's not, it's not just about making sure that your cursor is on the right pixel, which is why I think they, they did the thing where, you know, you press the button and it highlights anything that is, uh, actionable. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with uh, I would. I didn't mean that this is a game that largely is designed that way. Sure. What I meant was I did occasionally. And again, I just didn't know that that was something I could do. But I did occasionally hit these choke points where like, oh, I just and I even know what I need to do. Like, I need to find his key card in this coffee bar. I'm just not realizing that, like, there's a gap. It's just so easy. Even when you're accustomed to, like, looking for small things in the environment, they find ways to, like, hide it even better. Where like, oh, I'm just looking at wood grain there, not realizing, like, oh, I need to actually drag my cursor over the gap between those two planks and that's something it's not noticeable but i just had a couple moments like that okay not finding okay stuff, i gotta right? ask before we get into visuals this will be the last thing we talk yeah. about gameplay what was the most frustrating instance when it came to something like that that you encountered i'll give you mine so you can kind of see what i'm, I'm thinking about mine was near in game with that goddamn unripe tomato I didn't think to do that. You have to leave a tomato on a hot rock and go through three mm-hmm. separate like locations and then come back to it and it's finally sun ripened. Right. It 
I had that tomato on that rock for probably an hour. <laughs> but I just didn't go to enough different locations because there's only three locations there. Right. And I never thought to go all the way and all the way back. And it just, it, that, that hurt. Yeah. Again, these are all just like trappings of the genre. That's like, makes me think, oh, should I judge it? Like the things I don't like, it's like, that's kind of what it is. The like That's what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. It is like meant to, again, like give the player a lot of bang for their buck at the time where it's like, we don't have a lot of space to make a, a big sprung experience. So we can make these small little contained areas that are very interesting enough to like keep the player engaged in there. Like we're going to put in a lot of like character or like interesting environment or story in those places. Cause we know we've designed this to keep them there scratching their head for an hour. Yep. And even like going down the right path and just like not going hundred percent. Like they went, 75% of the way there, they had it. They just didn't wait long enough or they didn't go to the next screen or they didn't combine it with this other thing first. The thing is, you are asking like, what moment was that? Was it for me? And there were so many. Uh, you're, you're smarter than me. I'm, I'm fine admitting it. I had to check a walkthrough several times. Um, I didn't know what to do. I keep bringing up the rat in the condom and then like getting that inside the, uh, the slut machine. Yeah, instead of slot machine, y'all get it? You get it? <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, that kind of stuff. Um, that one, the the tomato. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, I I just would like focus on something and get like tunnel vision for a while. Like, oh man, that smoothie is related to the beverage I need to make for like a protein shake, and I would try all these different things and just I, waste time. I, on I didn't that, right? think I, it took me a while. I had to go back and forth with the shoestring and the licorice rope. Yeah. I didn't think about combining those two to make an extra long rope. I, I didn't either. That's another thing I found myself doing where like when I would get stuck, I would just pick something from the menu and just brute force like try combine try everything. everything else I have. Yeah. And Fuck I it. solved a Why few not? things that way, you know. And again, that's like if a game is designed where that's where we get eventually, maybe we need to think about this design choice or how to evolve this genre a little bit. So anyway, just to say like, as a point and click adventure, like if you love those games, I think you will have a lot to enjoy here. It passes. It's yeah, a, I give it a, a seven. I just don't think it progresses that genre forward. I think it's a good version of a point and click. It just doesn't do anything new and it doesn't blow my fucking mind. Yeah, it's it's average. You know? Yeah. What about visuals? Also seven for me. I also gave it a seven. I thought it was vibrant. I thought it was kind of cutesy and anime ish sometimes. And. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought every every location was very very different and well done. I thought it was um there was rarely an occasion where I felt cheated by missing something. Once mm -hmm. I found it, I realized, oh my god, that's on me. Like this this wasn't a game where I felt like I was pixel hunting. I felt instead like, oh, if I was looking closer, I would have seen that fucking gum. Or, you know, like, like, like you said about the crack in the floorboard sort of thing. Like, I never, that's the one I never would have thought to look there. Like, now that I look at it, I see it. Yes. I mean, that to me, like, that's fine. In fact, I like that in a game like this, where like, if I have to look up the solution or I find it after the fact, after hours of just not knowing. And in retrospect, I can say, oh, that's on me. Yeah. And just sort of shrug it off or like, that's clever. I know, you know, I never would have thought to do that, but that actually I can see the logic there. 
that's fine because like the satisfaction on the other end of like i see what they did there that's fine that's part of it i like that um and again i don't i found myself missing stuff a lot but i do like take the blame for most of that there were a couple like because i haven't played a, a recent point and click adventure i think the last one i played was grim fandango that's decades ago um i wasn't sure like in the modern game that looks like this are they going to still be doing that and they were but I still like going down, like when you finally get down, like you open up the manhole cover out front of lefties and you get down to that bunker. Like I missed like a pencil on the shelf for a good while. Um, the crack in the floorboards is the one like, ah, that one's kind of shitty. Yeah. That one's kind of shitty. Yeah, but most of it, I really thought the visual design was great. The color palette is really nice. It's a lot of like like purples and pinks and like soothing cool colors and yeah. then like a lot of for something that's supposed to be modern it seemed kind of retro in a really comfortable way which it yeah. did it didn't have to be that and i thought they did a, i thought they did a good job they understood the assignment they passed like it manages the retro feel it brings it into the new era it's a nice visual design just like the way the characters are drawn and animated yeah is good like every character is um unique stands out they stand out from the the environment most of the items are noticeable even if you miss them for a while because it that's another problem it's like because everything's so vibrant it is like visual sort of sensory overload mm -hmm. there are so many things in the background that you could potentially see occasionally i was frustrated like oh i didn't realize that i'm thinking i'm just looking at this one singular item this like maybe um vending machine of sorts like the coin operated vendor in the toilet and i'm not realizing like though there's a separate dispenser and that's a separate thing to interact with as opposed yeah. to the vendor itself there's a lot of that like not realizing oh there's a hatch as well as looking at this thing generally and i think part of it is like they're supposed to be hiding that you're not supposed to get all this yeah. stuff immediately I, I also very much enjoyed the uh instacrap cutscenes. I thought they were they were better they done. Were sexy. They were better done than they should have been. The uh that's the mo like like I said I was streaming this and I stopped streaming it and what would have been the next stream would have been like when you go into the orgy, which I think is like a clever thing. You go into this room completely dark. It's just a black screen. Yeah. And you're just clicking around blindly. Writhing mass of flesh and a yeah. moist unknown hole. And you can just choose to like put your finger in it, put your tongue in it. It's like, this is getting pretty graphic. Vaguely familiar silhouette. Yeah, I remember. That's the one. Where did you end up in the orgy, by the way? Uh, with the gargoyle. Well, but I mean, there are two ways you can go. Oh, I went with... Off the, what were you sucking on the gargoyle? <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the, the cutscene. I went toward Aaron and Lemma. So you were sucking his boobs. Yeah. Because you can also suck some gargoyle penis. Yes, you can. You can, you can get on that Because I did dome. both. Because I was just like clicking around and I found Dick and Lance. And I was like, oh, let me go here. And then it, I had like. <laughs> you initially, you, you got a pause between Dick and Lance. And you just said, I found Dick and Lance. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I found Dick. Because um, you get the cutscene, and then like the, the cops burst in. And then like, you know, it's like everyone like sort of suddenly illuminated looking very like, oh, my God, I'm caught in the act. And it's Larry sucking the gargoyle. Yeah. Sucking off the gargoyle. Um, and then I was thinking like, oh, I wasn't looking for Dick and Lance in here. Could I have? And I went back and like because I had to save from just before that room. I'm like, oh, I can find the other two. Because that's what Larry was trying to get to. Right. He had like we had been pursuing Lemma this whole time and Aaron. And then like, oh, yeah, come have a threesome with us. So I was like, OK. Yeah. Let's get Larry where he's trying to get to. 
and you get a cutscene with them too. And then like suddenly, like from that point on, like, oh, there was a lot more just like direct sexuality. Before it was a lot of like, oh, that building in the background looks like a dick. Oh, that guitar case looks like a dick. Oh, the insert, like fill in the blank, looks like a dick. Everything it's, it's looks just like, like a that. dick. Yeah. Or a vagina. Yeah, it's just yeah. like it's just the shape of things in the background look phallic or vaginal, which I was trying to figure out what the equivalent of phallic is for vaginal. Do you know, is there a word for this? We need a word for this. Uh, hit us up in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Source not found at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, anyway, that, right. That's yeah. like the whole, that's the, uh, the prune logo. Is yeah. That. But then, like from that point, I was like, oh, no, now we're actually just showing characters like genitalia and like actual sex a lot more. So I um, was glad to maybe not be doing that on the Internet. Uh, I get myself that. from that point. On. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, like, I like the visuals a lot. The reason I didn't rank it higher is because. Things are like mostly animated and I was fine with that choice, but then just other things like. Larry, when he pulls out objects to pass them to other characters like he's empty-handed he's not pulling anything out of his coat right you know i just i always assumed that was a joke because they make it a joke in the very beginning like did you just put that in your coat and he's like oh yeah i've always done that yeah i like i like that joke i also love the little um i love the animation of the larry like sort of splayed out finger like he you know spreads his arm out to like grab something and is that pause and just like swipes it real quick and puts it in his like there's some nice animations right Maybe it was a joke. I don't know. I just felt like it was missing things like to me that looked like, oh, we're not going to take the time to animate him pulling this object back out because maybe it's difficult given the given the size of his jacket, like maybe it doesn't work visually. I don't know. Um, anyway, to me, it was just a seven, right? Dig it's not it. bad. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Like I said, I like the palette. How'd you feel about the sound? Also seven for me. Same same score. How about same you? exact score. Seven. I liked the the kind of light jazz scene that was going on, like the yeah. They got the same voice actor from the OG Leisure Suit Larry. Now that I didn't know. Okay, so initially they recorded like a good, I think it was like ten hours with a new recorder, a a new voice actor, and then they got uh, Jan Rabson back from the original Leisure Suit Larry. And they had him re-record everything and got him to record everything else because they were able to get uh, him back. So that is the original Leisure Suit Larry voice actor from way back when. Well, this is this game suddenly what I want to say. It gained uh, worth in my mind that we did do a little bit of a historical experiencing here. Right. We we now know the uh, we now know Larry's voice. Yeah, that helps. There's some really nice voice acting. I, there were a couple of voice actors. Like I said, I, I found most of the humor very cringy. And a lot of times, in spite of the bad jokes, I found the delivery funny. Lance was one of them where like, again, I did not find the whole, you get it, he's a jock. He does a lot of gay things without accepting that he's gay. The way he eats the corn dog or whatever. Right. Oh my God, this again. But every time he spoke was like, oh, but his voice actor is like finding a way to make this they were Amusing. all having a great time. Like every voice actor involved seemed to be having a very, very good time doing their lines. Yeah. And that that's the reason I ranked it so high. Like the music's fine. The voice acting's fine. Every, every, the writing is fine. Everything's fine. 
but the voice actors seem to have a really good time, which brings it above average for me. Yeah, I think to me, the spectrum was like, everything is fine. There's nothing like bad, really, in terms of voice acting. And then a couple of them actually are doing way more than they needed to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciated that. And uh, so that was one. Um, the guy, is it Thieven? Thieven. Lisp, that's working the front desk at the gym. When you gain access to the, the gym, the way he greets you every time, like the enjoy your workout, yeah. I, I can't do it, but I just, I loved hearing it. Sometimes I would just like, let me just hear that one more time. I love his delivery on that line. It's so good coming in and out of the gym. I also really like Lefty. Lefty was great. Lefty was good. Yeah. You know, I'm just realizing across the board, a lot of it was more on the good side of the spectrum. And for the music, I think, again, the reason it's a seven is a lot of it is very, I liked the very soothing sort of light jazz, loungy, late night piano yeah, vibe. Especially atmospheric. Pure had great music. Pure was really nice. A lot of it, I just found like, this is good thinking music. I'm sitting here just like trying to solve a puzzle and it's not offensive. It's not getting in the way. But it's just nice background. Which is so weird. It's a wild thing to say about a fuck game. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like when we say loungy, not like the, you know, it's not like porny at any point. Really, no, it's, you know? it's Muzaki, but more soothing. Yeah, it's nice. But there were no tracks. There were no standout tracks. And a no, lot of no, them no. were like less enjoyable than others. And again, just it's fine. It's fine. You pass. Yeah. We finally get to fun factor. I'm very curious yeah. about your score for this one. This is going to sound a lot like how I started us off. I gave it a six and it was sort of, again, I wanted to put it on the cusp of passing because there's my personal subjective experience, which fails. And then there's the imagined enjoyment of someone who loves both point and click puzzle adventures, which is not my genre of choice. And also gets a lot out of this kind of humor and sort of like, you know, sexually charged situations that would have a blast with this. And then for them, it'd probably be like a, an eight. I actually gave it an eight. So fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. I'm not judging. At no point in this conversation, am I trying to judge so, anybody? So here's the, th here's the thing to, to defend yeah. myself with my eight. Go for it. There were a few moments where I laughed my ass off. That I, I yeah. genuinely thought were funny. Some of them took place just in the epilogue. Um, because I thought the epilogue was brilliantly done. Uh, yeah, I thought that was great. I agree. Uh, the, the epilogue, for those of you who haven't played it, uh, the epilogue follows Faith through her kind of journey through the entire story. Um, it's, it's pretty quick. A lot of cut scenes, and then you have... Uh, a faith moment after the end of Larry's story. Um, yeah, I guess we didn't cover the story at any point, and I'm not about to do that, but you're pursuing the the top of this Apple stand-in company. Yeah. You get to their hideout. You uh, get locked in a cage. You break out. You confront her on a cliff. She's sort of like the antagonist you find out. And then she falls off the cliff into a, a lifeboat. Yep. And then... It's like lost out at sea. So you're just in the boat as her. But come to find out, she's not really the antagonist. She's just a woman living in the normal world. Like she's worked her ass off and she's been constantly denigrated by men. Well, she's the antagonist, but you get the backstory. You get the flashback of why she would have turned out this way. Why yeah. she why she and even then she doesn't end up. She never ends up being evil necessarily 
It's just like this this weird misunderstanding through the entire story between her and BJ, the the guy who takes over like Steve Jobs kind of personality. Yeah, not to derail it, to me, like to use the word antagonist, it doesn't necessarily require someone to be evil, just like a counterbalancing force oh, or something, it, got it, got an it, yeah. obstacle to be overcome by the protagonist. Yeah, right? got it, got it, got it. Um, but yeah, there, there were moments that I genuinely laughed. There were moments that I thought that Larry was almost like a tragic hero. And then I was like, oh, no, he's not that. Um, but like. I also haven't played a point and click adventure game in probably 25 years. Mm -hmm. And I forgot that I like them a lot. So next, uh, what are we doing next? Is it King's Quest? We, we, I mean, we could source that. We could source the hell out of King's Quest. I, I'll be down for that one. I liked figuring out the fact that you could put a cheese dildo in a condom and put a fucking toilet paper roll in it as an entrance thing and then capture a rat and put him in a slut machine. I was having a pretty good time. By no means am I giving this above an eight because above an eight means I'll play it again. But I, I mm-hmm. would, if somebody was like, hey, you know what, like, do you want to play an action adventure game? I'd be like, you know what, this, this one's kind of fun. Like, some of it's hard, some of it's stupid, some of it's silly. But I would definitely, like, yeah, I'd, I'd play it again. You know, just you saying that, it just, again, made me realize, like, this is something that needs to be done with the genre. Because to replay a game like this, like, you just got to really love the narrative ride because yeah. you know the solutions. And if you give yourself enough time, you'll forget some and you can kind of go in semi-fresh, but almost zero replay value for a game like this. But if you had multiple solutions, right? Yeah. You go back through like, I wonder if there's another way to do this. There's something there. We need to be doing that. Just someone needs to be doing that. I mean, honestly, I would replay the same story if I had different ways to solve things. You know, it's like a speed run style thing. Like, what if I can I can fix everybody's thing with one combination of items sort of thing? Mm-hmm. You know, like that that's a very fun idea. But uh I have some good news. Oh boy. But based on our scores, um Yeah. Leisure Suit Larry totals up to a 69. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I'm not lying. You, you're, fu- you're fucking kidding me. I'm not. <laughs> no one's going to believe. It we just destroyed dumbest. any credibility we have that we're it doing like the, a sort of off the cuff show. No is, one's ever going to believe this. That is the dumbest shit that's ever happened to me. Get the fuck out of here. No. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm looking at the totals. It's a 13, yeah. 14, 14, 14, 14, 8, 5, 7, 7, 7, 7, 7, 7, 6, 8. And it all adds up to a 69. <laughs> That's amazing. It was meant to be. Oh. I'm glad I was harsh. A little oh, harsher than you. God. That's... For the sake of the... Now, see, this oh. undercuts everything I just said where it's like, oh my God, these sort of like low-hanging, just sexual puns. and. I got a good 45 seconds of laughter out of just 69. So yeah. I guess, you know, who am I to judge? <laughs> <laughs> we deserve this. Uh, before wow. we get into housekeeping, I do have one one thing I want to say. Yeah. 
Leader Sue Larry has been around for decades. Uh, this this German video game production group got the rights for it back in I think 2015, and they started making this game. Mm-hmm. They did not even think to ask Al Lowe, the creator of the original Leisure Suit Larry, to be a part of it. And apparently, yeah, I was wondering about that. And apparently, he was full on down, and they were full on down but no No one no one emailed each other oh jesus really like no one contacted like he even heard that they were doing another game and he was like yeah i thought about reaching out but i just didn't and they were like we thought about reaching out to him but we just thought he wouldn't be interested and it's just like one of those weird miscommunications things I'm curious. I wonder, you know, I wouldn't be able to really speculate not having played through his games. I wonder how that would have impacted it, though, narratively. I I cannot fathom. Now, did they've I mean, it doesn't end here. There's a sequel to this game. Did they do you know if they got in contact with him for that one? Uh, They did not. They chose not to for that one because they also chose not to include any nudity at all for the sequel. Oh, really? Really? That's a choice. Yeah. They actually said it's the last Laser Suit Larry game that they will ever make. Yeah, again, it's like, I wonder, like, at the end of the day, who is this game for, really? Just conceptually, you know, there's so many sort of uh, conflicting things, styles of humor. It's and fucking weird, mechanics man. within it that it's just sort of... It, the fact that it works at all, I mean, well, it didn't pass... One point from passing on the source not found sort of like grading scale. It didn't pass the class, but my God, it, it, it made it to a, it almost was close. It made it to a D my a D plus. You know, it, it does an extra credit assignment like at the very end of the term, like an emergency mode. And I will say this to, with the to ep- move on with the epilogue. I think it gets a there passing we go. Great. Um, housekeeping stuff. I'm just going to say two short things. Email us at source not found pod at gmail dot com. Tell us what you think about things like Leisure Suit Larry and sex dolls and uh, us giving this game a 69. And the other thing I want to talk about is our Patreon. Patreon.com backslash source not found. Check us out. We have three tiers, the $1 source tier, the $5 sorcerers tier, where you get an extra episode every month. And the ten dollars one just dropped. First one just dropped. Days. Some Mortal Kombat Datality action. Brand, Brandon and I go go on a game show together, a dating show we together. Do. It's it's wild. It's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of you, I guess, saw the teaser in the feed. Oh, there's just there's more where that came from. Yes, there is. And the ten dollar tier is our sorcerers tier, um, and that's where you also get to kind of decide the direction the show goes. Yeah. Suggest some uh, IPs for uh, us to cover in the future. And you also get, at the end of every month, which, speaking of, we're here, you get them shout-outs. Yeah, you do. And our sorcerer shout-out this month is uh, 13th Horseman. And then, Hell yeah. Guys, we got to shout-out those lovely founders. As always, we've got Susie Daggs, Jacob Spindel, and Frederick Wieberg Wulhog. Friendship. Guys, we we love you so much. Our founders, our so new much. our new sorcerer, and Brandon. What are you doing on Twitch coming up, man? 
So I've been, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I've been playing through Deus Ex. So planning to continue on and go through that entire series, but in addition to that, playing a couple things that uh, I think we're just going to keep it as a teaser. I'll tease today. There's some things coming up on this show that I'll be playing. If you want to know what they are, come on by and check it out. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Lejunebug. Link down in the show notes, as well as the rest of our links. All the links are here. All the links are here. Oops, all links. And as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to check your toilets for Freddy Krueger and keep an eye out for any white vans with clowns in them. This is where I'm supposed to say, like, stay, insert something sexy, right? Stay Saxon. Uh, keep it leisurely. That'll work. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>